Hey, welcome back. This is episode two, and I'm Andrew. And I'm Jackson. And we're with Restless Roots. So uh, I think after last week, we, we sent out our, our podcast, and we had quite a few of our friends, uh, maybe some people we don't know, possibly, uh, check out what we're doing. I was Actually, that was really cool. Thank you. Thank you for uh, checking us yeah. out. Yeah. and cool uh, to see all that. Yeah. I guess if anybody is just not checking us out or just not hearing about the news, uh, we released last week on SoundCloud, but we are now on iTunes. iTunes as well. Yeah, you can, you can subscribe. Yeah, you can. Um, actually, from now on, when we post on our Facebook or uh, pro- promote anything that we're doing, we'll probably just send an iTunes link. So if you don't have like a podcast app on your phone, like <coughs> if you have something that's not an iPhone and you have to manually download a podcasting app, it'll probably have you do that first before you can actually look at what we're Right. Uh, what we're doing so but thanks again actually we want to talk about a couple of things uh some notes that we got from people i guess so first off raw or polished i love this i love this and i got understood what this guy was on this is actually a friend of ours but uh he wrote you know that he loved the irony of what we're doing He's saying that you know we we said last week that when you're putting together a content calendar for church ministries and uh that prep is invaluable but he pointed out that we didn't have music yet, nor did we know where we're going to go next with our podcast. So a couple things for that one. Um, do you, do you, you're laughing. You got anything? You got, you got something on your, your mind there, Jackson? It, all for being prepared. Yes, for, for bigger things like sermon series and things like that is what we were talking about. But at the same time, for projects, don't let planning get in the way of just starting. Oh, man. You know what? That reminds me of Brain Crack. Brain Crack, Zay Frank. Yeah. So remember when we first sat down and I was pitching the idea of what I wanted to do. Over a year ago. Over, actually, it was almost over a year and a half ago. Yeah, in May it'll be two years ago. Yeah. So we sat down and I shared with you, Jackson, in the sound booth, the electric bean, kind of what God had laid on my heart for years I've been kind of playing with, right? I showed you all these diagrams and things I've been thinking about. Right. And then you accused me of crack. Of brain crack. Of brain crack. Because, it's and it's Zayfrag's concept that... I love Zay Frank. If you haven't heard of him before, I encourage you guys to go check him out. Um, one of the things he talks about is uh, the concept of brain crack, which is when somebody has an idea and they and they start building this idea up in their head. They start drawing out logos. They start planning everything. They get this huge fantasy in their head. And pretty soon that concept, that idea, that dream gets to the point that it's so big and so grandiose that nothing that they could ever really do would ever live up to that. And, and, and a project gets killed before yeah. it ever even starts because they they never decided to take that idea and, and push it out and make it a reality. And exactly. And that's you shared that with me because I think you were you were saying that I was getting lost in the details. I just love tinkering with ideas over and over and over. Yeah, I was actually started drawing like logos and all this stuff. I was getting way ahead of myself. So I guess on one end we would say um, we were trying to avoid brain crack and just making sure that we're putting something out. But at the same time, we also do we do value planning, right? Um, actually, if you look at our videos, there were a couple times that we did things on the fly. And I will be honest with you, um, I wish we had sat down to plan mm-hmm. a little better. But at the end of the day, we made those, right? right. And so we're learning from that. And we're going to someday return to the medium of making of, of videos. <laughs> yeah. And I think we planned somewhat for this. We, I mean, we got the right, we got nice condenser microphones. We made sure we had a soundboard that would make everything sound good. And everything, we're making sure we have a way to get all the audio where we need it to go. 
and all that stuff. So to an extent, we were prepared. We didn't just walk in and start shouting at a laptop and hoping <laughs> yeah. that the microphone on the webcam would pick <laughs> us all up, right? Yeah, that's true. And so there, there is a balance, right? You want to make sure you have some things prepared, but don't let over-preparation get in the way of just starting. Right. Don't be afraid to whatever you – it's something else Zayfring says. Whatever you want to be, start being that. If you want to be a writer, start writing. If you right. want to be a musician, start playing music. Right, and that's that's good. Just get started. And here's the thing, too. We appreciate that comment because the truth is um, we have been trying to put a little more thought into where we're going. We do have show outlines that we're trying to follow. So when we say we don't know where we're going, um, we're just stalling because I'm trying to make sure I know how to transition to the next topic. But I guess that would be better, or I guess it would be fun to just leave things at dead space because I could edit if I really wanted to edit. Yeah, just leave just some, some dead space. Yeah, as a matter of fact, like, like right now, I'm going to leave a sound effect right here. You know, it'd be funny. It'd be funny if I didn't. Yeah, just no sound effect yeah. at all, and just leave it dead silent and don't cut it out. Yeah. <laughs> and then put a sound effect here instead. Yeah, just over us. Yeah, but just over random words. That Make would it sound good. like we're cursing almost. So it brought up the idea of raw or polished podcasts. Okay, right. Um, because when I thought about doing a podcast, because it was actually you who pitched the idea of doing a podcast um, for multiple reasons. One, because it's there's, we can crank out more content than uh, making a video because videos are taking us. Yeah, we can crank out more consistent content with, with less time. Yeah. Right? Because with these podcasts, we just were able to just record them, do a little bit of post-production, and then upload it and get it out there. Or, or a lot if or you want lot. us to. Just let us know if you want <laughs> us to do a lot more work. We can. <laughs> so. We'll just put a ton of reverb and just make us sound right. like we're in a giant room. Yes, if you look at my list of podcasts that I listen to, there are like five ministry ones. But truth be told, I haven't listened to any of those lately. For the last like three months, I've been listening to this one podcast that has over a year, two years worth of content. Uh, it's just about, it's called The Daily Planet. It's like about, it's about it, comic books, movies and things. Yeah. Uh, if you are easily offended by naughty words, I wouldn't suggest listening to it. But if you love pop culture, uh, I'm just going to give a plug out to them. I love what they have to say about comic books, movies, and things. Yeah. So, but but based on that idea, they um they're a little off the cuff and they're a little uh, unpolished, but yet at the same time, you can tell there's there's effort in there, right. and that's what I had pictured in my mind. So I don't know what are we what are we shooting for, Jackson? Do we want to be polished or do we, Tom Rainer has a podcast, and his is very uh, it's very polished. It makes me feel old listening to it. What we were talking about before was was being prepared versus being raw and and i don't think those two are necessarily exclusive definitely try to get started as soon as you can but always aim to improve something yeah always aim to be better at something yeah i've got plans to buy better audio interfaces down the road for the computer and things like that Mm -hmm. and and eventually get upgrade microphones and get to a better sounding room that doesn't echo so much and things like that so always have plans to be improving yeah but don't necessarily be like we can't start this until I have A through Z done. Yeah. Right? Don't make a massive list for yourself because you'll wind up never starting. So we're, we're getting a little off topic, but I guess all that to say is that um, I've really appreciated everybody's feedback. So actually, uh, one of the things that people wrote in about was kind of our heart about missions. Last week we talked about, um, towards the end we talked about living on mission. Uh, even I even saw our our pastor from our home church, uh, I don't know if he quoted us, but he just said, hey, 
like we learned from this podcast this week, Life on Mission is exactly that, Life on Mission. And then he posted, I'm not sure if he put it on Slack or if that was for everyone to see on Facebook. I don't know. Uh, anyway, I know that our pastor was listening. So, hey, if you're listening again, Lance, what's up, man? Hey. What's up? Hi. But uh, something that someone wrote in, a friend of ours, asked, hey, what's been my experience about sharing the gospel? Uh, what were some ways I have? And he also asked me, like, how are some times I have, I have failed? And so I thought that'd be a good topic this, today to talk about maybe some ways as Christians we've manufactured some outlines and tools to help right. us verbally share our witness. And I guess we should talk about um, verbally sharing. Why, why do you think I'm making a distinction about verbally sharing our witness versus just sharing our witness? Well, there's always the... You know, growing up in youth group, you, I always heard the quote, share the gospel wherever you go and when needed, use words, which I understand where that's coming from, yeah, I that's guess. A, that's, that's a good thought, yeah. I, but it's really easy for people to use that then as an excuse. Yeah. I'll just live it out and I never actually have to say it. I'll just, I'll just do my own thing mm-hmm. and they're going to do their own thing. And if they happen to notice, great. If not, okay, I guess I just don't need to talk then. Yeah. In, I guess in that same vein, I do agree that we should be living lives, our lives as an example. But what was it Vice News just put out uh, a couple months ago this article that um, that non non believers are actually more altruistic than believers, right? So if we're trying to live our lives in a way that's different from the world. Based on the findings of that study, I don't I don't think it's good enough for us just to live good quote unquote good lives and never never talk about Christ. Right, because we're obviously not living good enough lives. Obviously not, which I think is one of the reasons we need verbal witness because it also identifies us as real people. Exactly. Because it's really easy for Christians to come across high and mighty, but the reality is we're not. Right. And And so say, hey, I'm struggling through this as well and be honest. Yeah. I don't think we're telling you, I I know I'm not telling you to go out door to door, kicking in people's doors and (laughs) telling them about Jesus. But I mean praying about opportunities and being really intentional when an opportunity shows itself to share, share something about your faith and share something about Christ. So let's talk about some ways as Christians we've manufactured some, some opportunities. For example, um, outlines. Have you seen outlines for sharing your faith? Like the classic one for VBS are the uh, ABCs, ABCs, right? ABCs. I've never used ABCs in real life. Really? No. Okay. I've not, other, other than teaching it, Two children at VBS when uh-huh. I was a VBS teacher. Yeah, I, I've never used that in real life. Okay, I really haven't. It's it's for me when I've when I've talked to my friends who are not believers about faith. It's one. It's usually more of an intellectual discussion, mm-hmm. right? Because most most of them, at least on the face of it, understand Christian faith. Mm-hmm. Some of them are former believers. Some of them are raised in Christian households. And they understand on the face of it what faith is and what, I guess, the religious, they, they view it as the religious part of it is. Yeah. And so I always try to come in with the fact of the relationship of it, right? And that's usually what I try to teach more is, is there, there's, a, there's a living, active, growing relationship. Okay. I like that. I got something to say about that, about that but we'll, I'll say that for the third bullet when we get there. So I guess for anybody who doesn't know about the ABCs, uh, if if you I don't know about other vacation Bible schools, but I know Lifeway when they put out their vacation Bible school curriculum, how they present the gospel is always through a admit, 
you know, admit that you're a sinner, admit that Jesus is God's son, right? Or is it, or is that be believe that Jesus is God's son? You know what? I don't know my ABCs. Admit you're a sinner, <laughs> believe that Jesus is God's son, and confess and confess that He is Lord forevermore. I think that's yeah. That's I know it's Lord and then forever. I know sign language for it because I yeah. taught the music class for years. Does that help? Yeah. <laughs> so there are. Sorry, Lisa. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she, Lisa was the one who ran our VBS for years. So yeah. sorry, Lisa. So there's that outline. I also learned, man, when I was uh, in youth group, my being part of a really Southern Baptist churches my entire life, uh, they used to have this thing called the faith ministry. Did you ever hear about that? Is that the was that the door to door thing? It was. Was that that is faith door to door? Well, that's a, there's a component to it, right? So faith was another outline. Uh, where basically it laid out the gospel through F A I T H. F is for forgiveness. A is for available. Forgiveness is available for all. I is impossible. It's impossible for God to allow sin into heaven. T was return. Uh, talked about repentance, and H was for heaven. It laid out this. Uh, this actually, it, it did a good job, I thought, of laying out the gospel message. And I guess that's what I wanted to get at with the idea of an outline, is that if you study an outline to share the gospel, I think that's a good tool. But I wouldn't necessarily um, have that as your go-to every time. I think you should know the gospel, right. really, and experience and use those, really, to uh, lay it out in a helpful manner. But I wouldn't bank on that your entire time. I would really hit hard on relationship and being able to openly talk about the gospel as well, but <laughs> when you talked about the door-to-door component, there were I, faith was actually like a series of classes. Like the first class, uh, the first semester, I guess, was learning how to do the outline, and then the second one, the second semester was like, hey, now that you know how to share the outline, why don't you start going door-to-door? And so I have a lot of experience going door-to-door, canvassing a couple of different cities, and just pestering people in the name of the Lord. Right. <laughs> and I guess that's what I've learned is that um, in our society nowadays, people don't want you walking up to their door. Yeah, no. So, don't, don't bother me at home. Yeah. So quite honestly, um, outlines really, again, they're good if you're going to use for a personal relationship. But a guy on the street, I don't know, man. Lately nowadays as Christians, if, we, if we're just going to preach the gospel and not build that relationship, we kind of look tinfoil hat-ish. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and it's, what, it's what they're like, well, of course you would say that. Yeah. Of course the Christian would say that. Yeah. You might have had some experiences and said it was a good experience. And you know what I did? I, we were able to meet some people who really needed to hear the gospel uh, right there and then. But quite honestly, I kind of feel like... Again, intentionally building a relationship to share the gospel is a lot more effective than um, walking around some neighborhood looking for doors to knock on. I don't know. I, if you if you had a great experience about, with that, let, let us know. Write in. Let tell us. Tell us. I'd love to hear your experiences. I just know for me it. Um, but I just don't feel like that's the best use of our time. I really think it, it goes back to relationship. Mm-hmm. So, so if you were going to share the gospel, Jackson, how would you? go about doing that? Well, I think for me, I'll start, I'll start with first really understanding the gospel because it's almost astounding how many Christians in church don't actually understand what the gospel is. They hear, they hear this term gospel thrown around and they're like, yeah, Jesus. (laughs) And that's like, and that's like as far as it goes, as far as their understanding, like Mm -hmm. there's this guy named Jesus and yeah, I'll say it this way. The, the, at, the, at its base, the gospel is a story of a broken creation restored in Christ. 
And the reality is that can play itself out in many, many different ways. Yeah. I was going to say, do you think they don't know the gospel or they just don't know how to identify the elements of the gospel? I would say they don't know how to identify the elements. Okay, because I think there are a lot of people who've experienced um, saving f- faith, but just don't know how to articulate necessarily, the, I guess, the steps right. of what's happened. Yeah. Right. And for me, like, I, I grew up in church, like, and I was raised around a lot of the church terms, hearing about the gospel and all these different things about depravity and salvation and sanctification and all these different things and, and sacrifice and atonement and all these different things. And I didn't understand how it all fit together for the longest time. And it took me until, honestly, until a year and a half, two years ago, to really put it all together into its pieces. And then once that happened, I start, see, I, I, I start seeing the gospel in a lot more places, right? Because broken creation restored in Christ can refer to a broken person restored in Christ, a broken body restored in Christ, a broken marriage restored in Christ, a broken church restored in Christ. It, 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 it can refer to so many different things. There's, there's the broken way to do things, mm-hmm. and then there's the, the biblical godly way to do things. Right. Yeah. And so once you're able to identify those patterns, it's I find it's a lot easier to be able to share the gospel because you start seeing those opportunities in so many more places. Yeah. You start seeing when somebody will start saying something or doing something. Right. And you have that relationship to be able to speak into their life and you're able to identify the pattern and be able to see and maybe say, hey, here's the broken pattern here. The broken thought pattern, a broken behavior here. Let's try to introduce Christ into this situation and cre- and make a restored creation. Mm-hmm. That aligns with what I wrote down here. I wrote uh, for me nowadays when I share my faith, I tend to testify. You know, I try to um, share what it is that God is doing and what God has done in my life. But that comes with the idea that I'm engaged in my own. Uh, here's a church word: sanctification. There's a big church word. Right. Uh, it, it comes with the idea that, right, when essentially, I guess in a nutshell, when you come in contact with the gospel and you, you engage in it, it's the idea of uh, repentance. You are turning away from our broken ways and turning in faith uh, to God's ways. So then when, as I look at through my life, I'm looking at areas where uh, I can, God's convicted me. And I'm like, man, I really, I really shouldn't be uh, lusting after women or I shouldn't be uh, such a poor steward of my, my finances, things I'm struggling through, trying to unlearn bad habits and learn the habits that God has had for me. As I'm trying to pick up on those things, I start to see his goodness. I start to see his faithfulness come through. So when people ask me, like, hey, what's going on with Andrew? How's, how's your life? I can share, man, man, I've been really working on this cool thing with my relationships. You know, I've been trying to be um, more positive or I've been trying to, uh, I've been really working hard on just making sure I live within a budget. And when people ask, it's like, why? It's like, well, it's, I have been learning that. Like, it's just how God would have me to do. And talk about how, like, you know, before, before I met Jesus, I used to not care about, you know, stewardship or not care about how I treated my body. But now as I've met Christ, it, it becomes really organic. I think being able to share what, your testimony, what God is doing, not necessarily your conversion experience, but your testimony, what God is currently doing in your life is a huge testament because there's fruit there. I think there's an issue when you claim to be a Christian and then we ask, you know, what's God doing in your life? And, and you hear, uh, 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 and they can't point anything out specific. Right. Now, granted, if you're a new believer and you don't know how to articulate it, that's one thing. That's different, right? But if you, you're, if you, man, if you've known the Lord for years and you know that he is good and you can point back to things he's done in your life, like 
months ago, years ago, but for some reason there's this gap now, that odds are you're not walking with the Lord. And so obviously you're not going to be able to share really your, your faith because you haven't been practicing your faith. And I, when I reflect on that in my own life, I try not to beat anybody up over the head with that realization, but it's usually a time when God's calling me back and just kind of waking me up and like, hey man, where you been? So I guess, man, that's something to think about, right? Right. So uh, I have another question here from someone who's listening. They asked, you know, what are some, when, when did I fail to share the gospel? Um, I have a story, if, if you'd like, if I'd, like to, sure. I'd like to share that with you. Uh, years ago, I was in high school, and I had a, a teacher that I absolutely loved. She was my favorite teacher, and she openly would tell other students that I was her favorite student. It was kind of funny. I was in running start at one point, and I used to just hang out in her classroom when I didn't have anywhere else to go. And apparently, you're not supposed to be able to do that because you're a liability. Mm-hmm. So she uh, let me be her TA. So then she, she's never had a TA. She didn't need, need a TA. But then she let me be her TA officially so I could just sit in that class and make fun of underclassmen uh-huh. who <laughs> <laughs> she, taught, she taught Spanish and couldn't. And uh, when the, and other kids were not doing well, I would make fun of them. I was not a very nice high schooler. Anyway, um, <laughs> I don't know, honestly, if she was a believer or not. But in my heart, I felt God had laid on my heart to share the gospel with her. And quite honestly, I would beat around the bush. Um, I would kind of talk about church. I would kind of talk about things here and there. But I just, if I were to be honest, in my heart, I knew that God was like, no, dude, share share what's going on. Share your faith. Share Jesus. And I was just really timid about it. And I I really tried hard to be like, hey, you know what? Maybe she'll notice I'm different from other students and ask about why I'm different. But the truth is, I think she um, ended up just chalking it up to parenting. Uh, I remember one day, I had lost my backpack at the uh, at a local restaurant, and I came back to class, and I was just kind of talking about it, and she was like, "Oh, it's unfortunate." And she actually she gave me money to go buy a new bag and books and stuff, and I I blew my mind. But um, it was actually the next day I went back and I got the bag, and for some reason I thought I'm gonna run back over to her classroom, show her I got the bag back, give her back her money, and tell her the prayer works. I prayed for my my bag to, to show back up. So I remember I did that. I ran, I ran into the classroom. I was super excited. I was like, hey, I got my backpack and uh, here's the money you gave me. Thank you so much for helping me out. But you know what? I just want to share. Like I, I, last night I went home, I prayed and God answered. You know, God answers prayer. And she's like, yeah, he does. He does. And because she was enthusiastic about God answering the prayer in my backpack, I just chalked it up. Like, oh, you know what? She must be a believer. And I just left it alone. And really, in my heart, I felt God saying, don't leave it there. Don't leave it at that. Unfortunately, uh, she passed away. Um, she got in a car accident. Man, that's really heavy. I just realized how heavy <laughs> it was. Uh, now that we're all really depressed. Um, yeah, now that it's all sad. I know. I'm sorry. I just I, Someone asked about a, fail, a time I failed. And quite honestly, you know, I know people, we're all responsible for our own choices and she's responsible for her own life. And I, I don't know. I honestly, I don't know if she was a believer or not, but the fact that I don't know haunts me now. And so, um, I just wish, honestly, I just wish I would have asked at least to know if she was a believer or not. Even if I didn't share the faith, if I would have just had enough courage to just ask her. Just to, just to ask. Yeah. So if there's anybody listening about to that and just super bummed out now, <laughs> I'm really I'm really sorry that you feel bummed. But I would just, you know what? I'm a minister nowadays, and even now there are times when I, f- I feel God leading me to do something, 
and I'm a little disobedient or I'm really disobedient. I just ignore it. And you know what? That's, that's part of growing in our faith. And I think, um, in his grace, I've learned to make sure that I see the opportunities when I see it. And that's what we mean about being intentional. Submit to God and just share, share whatever it is God laid on your heart. Maybe, maybe it's not some crazy five point outline of why they should turn away from whatever, some crazy thing. Right. But just letting people know that God loves them. I think it's really important, you know, just being faithful to that call. And, and be careful. You don't get stuck in an argument either. Right. Cause that, that never works out. There's no point in winning an argument if you lose the person. Right. Like, what is it? I think you don't want to win a, win an argument and lose a relationship. Right. I have a lot of family that's in the international missions board and that's what they teach. They teach relational based sharing of your faith. They teach you to build the relationships and then equip them from there, equip local people from there. Yeah. Uh, I think that's a pretty good segue into our next topic. Your family is heavily involved in missions. I think right. that's a proper way of saying that. I have, I have family in, in various places. Yeah, and you this week you've had a lot of them come uh, visit, right? Yeah, some of them came in and we were able to, to talk about just about things that are going on. And, and one of the things we got to talk about was uh, those of you that follow a lot of the headlines are, are, are have heard that IMB is having to cut a lot of things back right now due to some financial difficulty. And it's really easy. Hold on a second. Let's, I think, let's, if you don't know, Jackson, what is the IMB, I guess? What's the IMB? The IMB IMB is the International Missions Board. It's the missions outreach sort of partner for the Southern Baptist Convention. Right. So let me explain that really quick. One thing that makes Southern Baptist Southern Baptist, and I I love what they do with this, is that um, though we are, though we believe in church autonomy, what that means is every church no, no church tells another church what to do. We make our own decisions. But we do all pool our money together to send missionaries either around the world or even fund missionaries in, in North America. Right. So when we pull our money together and we send money out to the international stuff, we, we go through this thing called the International Mission Board. And then we have another one for America um, where we pull our money and help them, and that's, that's the North American Mission Board. So sometimes yeah. you'll hear us refer to the IMB or NAM. NAM for the yeah. North American, yeah. Yeah, so I just wanted to point that out real quick. But uh, if you want to explain a little more about your, your family in the IMB. Yeah, I, I just I have some family that are in the IMB and that are a few different families that are positioned abroad. And one of the things, if you've been following the headlines, again, is that due to some financial struggles that they've been trying to work on, they're having to start pulling some families. Well, not necessarily pulling families, but they're refocusing Right. And it's and at first the headlines that were coming out, it seemed like the beginning of the end for collaborative missions. Just from what I'm understanding, it's just a lot of a lot of restructuring now that they have new leadership. Right. So if I'm hearing you correctly, are you saying that um, right now the headlines is like money or resources are being pulled from the IMB? So they have to restructure or they have to refocus what they're doing. I'm a little lost in what you're laying out there. Yeah. Well, the headlines came out and things were being said about. Them having to, there are families that were in the missions field that are coming home due okay. to financial struggles. Okay. Right? Because the whole point is that the IMB is trying to send people and then financially support them. And, and, and the reality is due to, due to a lack of funds, they, they aren't necessarily doing that anymore. Hmm. They aren't necessarily able to do that for as many people as they wanted to anymore. I know the money is being pulled, but wh- I guess it begs the question, is... Is the IMB necessary? Should we even care about the IMB? For me, sitting here in my cozy, huge office, 
it's it's not huge. Well, it is huge because I have to share it, so it's not my office. But right. uh, for me to sit here in in good old Washington, really comfortable, should I care about the International Mission Board? I, well, I think collaborative missions are very important. It's very interesting. One of the things I was talking to this 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 cousin of mine about was uh, IMB struggling to gain funds because a lot of less and less churches are identifying as Southern Baptist or as a denomination period. A lot That's of them are coming out as, as independent or I guess, I guess the churchy version to say independent is non-denominational. You know, that's and so they don't, okay. they just aren't paying into collaborative funds or, or, and so because of that, they're trying to send a lot of them are to the point where they're just sending their own missionaries. Right. And if it, and if it comes between paying into the collaborative fund that supports NAM and the IMB and sending their own missionary, mm-hmm. right. Of course they're going to choose their own. Yeah. But the reality is because of that, the IMB has a lot of systems in place and a lot of specific ways they structure things yeah. that come from a long history and a long pedigree of missions and things that they've learned. And the training, yeah. Yeah, through yeah. trial and error, right? Yeah. That people have lost their lives over very simple mistakes that over the years they've been able to learn to maybe avoid and be able right. to circumvent certain situations. So the IMB has a lot to offer in those respects and those type of things are what we get out of a collaborative effort. We, right. we all support each other financially, but we, we also su- support this network that helps us be better as a whole. Yeah. And, you know, from, from a stateside uh, perspective, the North American Mission Board, which is just the IMB, but here in, in the U.S. and North, just North America in general, the, the accountability and the vetting system that's used to make sure that we're sending, I guess, the best possible missionaries available is incredibly important. I, I remember... Back in the days of Bible college, um, one thing I learned about the difference between like maybe like the general association of regular Baptists, yes, that's a thing, versus like the Southern Baptists, was that 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 model is that as the SBC, as Southern Baptists, um, they get together and they they f- they pull their money together to support missionaries. So missionaries don't have to worry about raising money, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas other denominations, um, if someone wanted to be a missionary, they had to go raise funds and then a church would sponsor them, which I guess that's, that's great. But at the same time, the IMB, they are accountable to us, really, in a lot of ways, because if we give money towards them, we're asking, we're, we're trying to make sure the money is going towards um, really effective works. And so that vetting system is incredibly important. I know, um, I know of a guy that wanted to go, and it was unfortunate for him, he wanted to go in the, on the mission field and uh, he, he was almost through the process, but the IMB asked him some information, and he was doing well. But then when they interviewed his wife, his wife was a reason he was not able to go out in the mission field. Now, that honestly wasn't inf- unfortunate for him because that was kind of a dream of his. But the reason why is like, she just didn't feel the call to go out there, and they knew that— And man, not in the same way he did. Yeah, if, they, if they're not on the same page, they're going to get sent out there to a third world, and it's just not going to be a fruitful— Right, it's got to be a team. —situation, yeah. And th- those are things, honestly, their job is to vet, and that's that's really important. Now, one thing you said earlier about um, how many, so many um, churches are going independent, or at least going non-denominational, and thus, really, we're losing, uh, I guess, people who are part of the SBC, the Southern Baptist Convention. It's interesting, because we're from a church that, I wouldn't say to that extreme, but we, our church historically has been a Southern Baptist church. Right. right? But years before I ever showed up on the scene, it was known as a Baptist church, but then they changed their name to be a little more um, 
A little more mainstream. A little more mainstream, a little more appealing, too, because the word Baptist in the name honestly brings up a lot of different connotations to someone's mind. It sounds Baptists stereotypically tend to be or are perceived to be kind of dogmatic at times. Yeah. This is the way we've always done it. We sit here, we sing out of our hymnals, we do things a certain way, we sit in pews for a reason. Yeah, my Bible college did the same thing. My I went to Corbin University, but um, before they were Corbin, they were known as Western Baptist College. And one of the reasons why they changed their name was to, uh, well, again, the word Baptist brings up a lot of connotations that people are like, well, they, you either feel great about that or you feel really negative towards that. Yeah. So by changing that name, it opened up uh, their enrollment to be able to um, attract uh, different denominations to the school. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so fast forward to, to us now. We, if you attended our church, um, I don't know, because I, I, I've always known it's a, to be a Southern Baptist church, but I don't, if you were a guest coming into our church, I don't think you would, you wouldn't, you wouldn't pick that up. You wouldn't not, know. Not on the face of it. No. And I don't know if that's important or not, but what I do know is that we actually, we still do choose to participate in uh, the cooperative program. We still give towards North American mission boards and the international mission board, you know, and honestly, I think if we're seeing people who are, who are bailing out from that program, just because maybe it's part of a, uh, the collateral damage of changing their denominational ties, man, that's really unfortunate that they are losing their funding. I think that's something that needs to be revisited. Maybe individuals within a church should look into whether or not as a church they should be supporting the IMB. Or right. Not. Or just a collaborative fund as, collaborative mission as a whole because that also does the North American Mission Sport as well. Yeah. Which is also important. Yeah. We, we have some very good friends who are part of the North American Mission Sport in the Northwest section at least that have been mentors to us and, and friends to us and who wouldn't have been able to do that if they weren't supported. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Jackson, I think that basically wraps up our second episode. We, uh, we said our thank yous, right? We, we talked a little about, hopefully, um, we've inspired people to share their faith a little more regularly. And I got, I got, I got really depressed. Sorry about that guys. <laughs> it got so, really depressing. Yeah. But Hey, you know Getting what? All sad. Yeah. Uh, if you are in, interested in, uh, if you're just passionate about missions, right? I mean, that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Uh, you can check out the IMB's website. It's www.imb.org. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can also check out the North American Mission Board, which is www.namb.org. Nam.org. Mm-hmm. And so uh, those are really cool agencies. Honestly, um, even the North American Mission Board, we, we've done things with them actually through like disaster relief. And stuff. Maybe we'll talk about that a little more next week. Just kind of bring a little more light, yeah, onto like what they are, really are and what they do, right? So, anyway, guys, uh, if you have any ideas for topics or you have any questions about anything we've talked about, uh, feel free to get a hold of us. Uh, a lot of people found us on f- Facebook. We got a lot of private messages through that. You know what? If you want to get a hold of us, you can find me at Andrew QN on Twitter, and you can find me at Jackson Gillahan. That's just J A C K S O N G I L I H A N. There was a lot of letters. Yeah, <laughs> so I get, I'm getting. You'll see it in our description of, yeah. of it. Yeah, maybe we should work on cooler Twitter handles. <laughs> Can you change the actual handle? No, we'd have to start over. We'd have to start new accounts. Oh, I don't want to start a new one. <sighs> I guess, or you can find this at rest, restless underscore roots. See it's that one too. We shouldn't have that underscore, but some some girl has. Just put it in the roots. description. Okay, we'll put it in the description, guys. It's but, just, it's all there. Yeah, it's all there. Um, hit us up on Twitter. Uh, we have a Facebook page backslash Restless Roots, all one word, and you can email or you can email us uh, Restless Roots twenty fourteen 
at gmail.com. All right, guys, have a great week. Uh, I think by the time you hear this, Martin Luther King's Day has already been, well, have already passed. So I hope you guys would have had a great three day weekend for (laughs) those of you who got a three day weekend. I'm not. I'm not getting one. I think I am. I don't know. They told me there's no staff meeting, but I still have some things I need to do. Anyway, hey, uh, have a great week, guys. Bye. Bye.